0: And welcome to Lunar Magic Tea Time, where we discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes even a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. And this week you don't get mundane. <laughs> <laughs> you get death. <laughs> I had originally planned on this episode to be released right after Salwen. Um, However, it is a very intense topic. It is a very difficult topic to research and to write about. And I've wanted to approach it differently every time I sit down to write the episode. So here's a podcast about death from a pagan perspective. But first, if you like what you're hearing, why don't you go ahead and follow us over on Facebook? You can join our Facebook group. It's Lunar Magic Tea Time. You can email us at lunar at dot com. That's the website, lunarmagicteatime.com. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok. You might not want to follow us on TikTok right now. Stuff's happening. Um, It's fine. It's great. It's fine. You can like, share and subscribe uh, on all your favorite podcasting apps. That's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Does Google Play even? Anyway, irrelevant. CastBox, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, just remember to look up the Lunar Magic Tea Time Podcast. As we've talked about recently. I've always wanted, I've always intended for this podcast to be a much more philosophical approach to a pagan life and how we are not only all connected as beings, et cetera, et cetera, but how everything in our lives connects to something else in our lives. Like we not, things are not isolated. While I was researching this, I found the most interesting article. I was reading about an archeological find. It was a stone age cemetery. So millennia old and I think that that's really important to note stone age we tend to in the modern era think unsophisticated kind of a hard scrabble hand-to-mouth existence without the use of you know without the uh, access to agriculture and a more stable lifestyle it's very much a hunter gatherer kind of concept and I think that that colors how we perceive the people that came before us But the cemetery had at least 25 people. And that is, from an archaeological standpoint, it is a thing we can determine. I have an archaeology degree, actually, that I'm putting to such good use. Uh, But uh, it is easy to determine how many separate bodies are interred in a place. But one of the ways that the author chose to describe the remains of 25 people, okay, found in this cemetery was grizzly. Now, there's a couple reasons that that phrasing sat uncomfortably with me because grizzly has a very negative connotation in my mind right we we refer to violent crime scenes as grizzly crime scenes how is a cemetery where at this point just bones right there's no squishy bits from a stone age there's, there's no squishy bits but how are those remains that are just bones and the memory of those people those people were lovingly interred there They were put there on purpose and they were put there with purpose. And the writer chose the word grizzly, not focusing on the care of placing the loved ones in a place where their memory could be revisited. And I think that that sums up how Americans view death. It's a thing to put away, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to talk about it. The very idea of death is still somehow so taboo that it's considered grisly, even Literally millennia later, humans in the current form have been we've been around for literally millennia. And there has been great evidence that the species that came before us, so Neanderthal also had the ability to consider things like art and an afterlife. And we know Neanderthal man buried their dead intentionally. It's our very nature to consider the future. And that is the thing that allows us to create the modern society that we live in the ability to think multiple steps ahead and multiple days ahead, and therefore multiple months and multiple years. Often, when we're considering death, we're simply considering the future, right? What happens after we die is a future thought, right? But unfortunately, we're also considering a future that we can also we can only sort of imagine and in the west we are so disconnected from death that we no longer honor it we don't honor and we don't really honor what came before us just generally speaking not even in in regards to death and ancestors and things like that we just don't think of the things that came before us if we are scared of a very sacred part of life to the point where we cut ourselves off from it so completely that we hide it away how can we live a full life when we remove death from our daily life, we remove a key aspect to living fully. And that's what I want to do here. I want to start kind of exploring concepts of the things we put away so that we can live a more full life. So Nancy and I are going to have a conversation about that. And then from there, we will either have the complete discussion that we want to have, or we'll have more episodes about this. We'll see how it goes. The more I thought about what I wanted this, this episode and any following episodes to be, I got, I get bogged down because there's a lot out there on death deities and, and death celebrations. Cause every culture has a death celebration, et cetera, et cetera. Like, where do you narrow it? So I thought, well, you narrow it by knowing what you're narrowing it to. Sorry for any background noise, by the way, uh, I'm in the middle of a move. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, the next episode, we'll be back to where we're in person and recording with our equipment. But, but for now, this is what happened today.
0: <laughs> it's been chaos and madness. Okay, so I'm going to start with asking the question to Nancy and then answering it myself. But let's start with what is death?
1: To me, especially the last five, six years, I don't know how long I've been pagan witch whatever you want to call me
0: we are not
1: our physical body we are a light being that's having a 3D we're 5D dimensional spirits having a 3D dimensional experience so which we've kind of plotted out what we wanted to do we have you know we have soul contracts that we now quit <laughs> but
0: <laughs> some of us quit some today
1: yeah so what we decided to go through this life and what we're going to experience in this life once we do pass then we go through whatever we go through there's different things people say you go through a review or your kasha records or whatever you can decide whether you come back you don't come back if you're going to come back with your soul group so yeah it's sad when you lose someone but if you think that they're just passing to another time and you'll if you're in your soul group you'll be back with them then I think it's a little easier to take than to think you're just going to heaven or you're going nowhere. Like once lights out, that's it. And I don't believe that. We've seen too much stuff to believe that.
0: Oh, for sure. So for me, death is a lot of things. In the context in which we're speaking about it right now, it is the cessation of sensation within the physical body. I don't know what happens to the soul, to the spirit. I I have ideas and we'll get into that later in the episode, Uh, but death as we're talking about it is just stopping of sensation within the physical body. But I want to mention that there are multiple forms of death. I was literally just talking to a friend today about the death of a dream that they had. And how they were having to grieve this loss because it wasn't just that this dream was taken away from them or a loss to them. It was much, much greater than that. It was grander than that. Mm. This loss was literally the death of a, of a dream. They're dealing with the, the stopping, the ending of the sensations within the, metaphorical body it's just gone it's just now an empty space so death for me is kind of a multifaceted ending of varying degrees and I think if you think about how people react like how we talk about death especially in like America how If a celebrity dies, you don't know that person, but we can still have very intense reactions when they died. One of my favorite music artists died literally, I think almost a week to the day after my mom died. Mm -hmm. And again, this is one of my favorites. It's not just, it was not just a passing coincidence like thing was one of my favorite music artists. And they died very, very shortly after the loss of my mother, the death of my mother that hit me. It still hits me really, really, really hard, not because I know this person, I have no idea. I appreciate the stuff that they put out into the world a lot. And I miss, right, I miss that I will not get any new stuff from them. But I'm also very sad that they're just that they're gone. So I think that when we sit with how different death affect us, right, we can look at how death is a much more multifaceted thing if that makes sense Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i don't know that i'm articulating it very well it's been a Mm -hmm. really incredibly chaotic day
1: honestly um
0: death is harder on the people left behind absolutely i I mean yeah and we can move right on to that conversation easily because I mean this this timing is just the universe and its little presence to me. Um <laughs> I literally today found out that if a, a distant-ish family member passed away, I have absolutely no feelings about that. I have empathy for their family that has left to clean up and to deal with that. And I have empathy for their loss. But I personally don't feel a loss of this person. When one of my old abusers died, everybody was shocked that I said, I'm sorry for his, that his kids will have to grow up without a parent. And that was it. That was my, I felt for the kids that he has. I'm not at all sad he's gone. He was an abuser and maybe he wasn't abusing other people but he abused me i'm not going to be sad that he's gone so like when i you know when i think of the impact of death i i think we forget we lose a piece of the community is that that doesn't make sense but i think that it makes sense
1: No, we're all connected and suddenly that person's not there anymore yes and the connections they made you know like when grandparents or whatever die then families sometimes just drift apart because that, like what I used to used to call my dad, the captain of the ship. And then, you know, things as that generation passed, it, it kind of, um, not eliminated, but kind of broke. Like if you think of it to being um, a thin string that holds us all together, and when one person goes, you've lost that, or chain, that would be better. You're connected mm, to chain, yeah. when one chain comes up, right? What happens to the rest of the chain?
0: Yeah, no, that's it exactly. That's it. Exactly. If you can hear the barking in the background, friends listening, that is uh, our puppy Cedar. And it's been a really hard day on her. So we're just going to let her bark.
1: (laughs) She has her own opinions.
0: I have on here a list of questions on my, on my notes. And the first question was, what is death? And, and we've both given our, our, our answers to that. But the next question was, and what does it mean to you? And I, as I'm asking that question, I realize it means something different for every death. Like I literally just said, like, I, I actually miss your mom more than I will ever miss this family member of mine Yeah, that just died today.
1: Yeah. But well, if you didn't have a close relationship with that person, then their passing is not neutral to, but it, it doesn't affect you as someone that you're close to.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm you know what what does death mean to me well it doesn't mean anything in a necessarily concrete way it's going to be so fluid depending on who and the circumstances and the timing and all of that like what does death mean to me is going to be so individual to whose loss it is i think is what i'm going for there
1: yeah and also the time that they pass you know if you a young child or someone 20s and 30s, it's gonna affect you more than you know, your great grandmother that's ninety-four, because you've already come to terms that they were well, right compared to someone that got hurt killed in a car accident or something. You weren't ready for that passing.
0: So I think that's a really great example because when my mom died, we knew my mom was dying. My mother had been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and uh, we happen to live in a state where uh, medically assisted um, you know, is a thing that is wonderful. Death with dignity is a thing that we all deserve, and I will fight for that for everybody. And so we knew, and we had the opportunity, mom and I, to mend whatever needed to be mended. It wasn't a lot to do the things we needed to do to have the conversations we needed to have, and we did. And so when she died. It was, oh, well, now I'm sad, but it wasn't unexpected, right? But when that performer, literally a week later, that was incredibly unexpected. He was 27. There was, it was out of the blue to us, you know, to, to his fans. And it was much more difficult to rationalize through that. Like I could rationalize through my mom's grief. She didn't suffer very much and she had a very unpleasant cancer to go from. And, and we were able to keep her suffering to a very good minimum, almost no, almost no suffering. Yeah. You know, we were able to make her last days full of bourbon and morphine. That's what it takes.
1: What she wants us, what she gets.
0: You were there. <laughs> you want your morphine, mom? Here's your bourbon. Changer. That's right. Listen, the hospice nurses thought we were hilarious. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, I think each death is going to impact each individual person differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is part of what makes death so difficult for people is we like, as humans, we like patterns and sameness, even if we think we don't and the emotion of grief is never the same
1: for each person or any family member for that one person everybody's going to be different
0: exactly exactly so my next question was how have you experienced death in this incarnation but we've kind of touched on that like we've all like i know nancy and i have both lost our mothers nancy has lost both parents. if that's okay to share if yeah, not, we can put it at all. Oh, no, no, no!
1: It's fine. And am as far as and both of them had um like when my dad died, since he died first, I happened to be at the hospital that night and with my daughter, and because he had COPD, I would like open my eyes and watch to see if he was breathing because we were all already told that the time was coming, his kidneys were failing, and everything. And then I just had literally just closed my eyes and. Katie jumped, we were, you know, those little beds in the hospital for visitors. She had jumped over me and I could, and literally he had just stopped breathing. And she said, I heard him say, um, Kit Kit, there's strange creatures here at the moment, but he didn't physically say it because he had mm-hmm. breathing. got um, to be a tube or whatever in his mouth at the time, but she heard him. And then with my mom, she was in the hospital bed downstairs and we had cameras all the way because when she was mobile, grandma liked to escape. like to escape. Oh, she I know. Was. And um, Troy picked up on camera a white ball of light coming through the front door. And right at that time is when she passed.
0: That still makes me tear up because so. I've seen those videos. I've seen the tapes. And the way the security cameras were set up, you can literally watch the, the ball of light go into the front door, and then you watch Jessica just bolt. Yep. I think it was Jessica. Just go to Jeremy. Oh, it might have been. But yeah. at the same time,
1: because Troy saw that, he started down the stairs. So mm-hmm. they met, and, and that's when she passed. Someone came to get her. Right. And I they, think so.
0: And your guy, but... I, will, I will swear till the day I die. So like I said, my mother had stage four cancer. We knew it was coming um she had had a stroke so the last two days were n- weird mm. we were going to go with weird um <laughs> she was bedridden and uh we were basically doing a death watch like i don't know how else to put it there was always yeah. someone in the room yeah so she wouldn't be alone it was like we would take shifts we had enough people living in the house it was never a problem and at this point i was the only person in the house it Was me and, well me and mom, and no, 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 no. Andrea was home. I'm sorry, Andrea was there. She'd taken the day off at school to to stay home just in case. And I was sitting. I had moved uh, I had moved a a little telephone table so I could I could work at a little tiny makeshift desk mm-hmm. uh, next to her hospital bed. And she stirred in her kind of comatose state. And I said, "You know, Mama, I know this isn't what you wanted." I know that you wanted to do this yourself and that you wanted to do it on your terms, but the universe didn't give you that option. And I can tell you right now that Sharon and Grammy are here in this room and they are ready to take you with you, take you with them. Mm -hmm. So you need to go with, with Sharon and and Grammy. And she took three breaths and that was it. Well, and you know, considering the sessions I've had with Kedrick, I think she needed the permission. I think she needed to know. But it was peaceful. There was no threat, you know, like it was peaceful. And she was just she was gone. And I know that I know that my aunt and my grandmother were in the like their spirits, their their souls their whatever were in the room because I smelled cigarette smoke. Yeah. And they were all heavy smokers. And no one had smoked in that house. I don't smoke. No one. I, you know. No one had smoked in that house for years and years and years. And so for me to smell cigarette smoke, that's a clear sign. And it wasn't just cigarette smoke. It was that weird, icky menthol smoke. Like, you know it if you know it. That's certainly been like, I think it's pretty obvious. Nancy and I are both people who are like, no, we take care of our family. We don't put them in homes. We don't put them away. We don't isolate ourselves from, from that. But I think, I mean, I've always been kind of, I don't want to say I've been surrounded by death because that's very dark and macabre, but my dad is a minister and I remember some of, I I think I was eight or nine and my dad had gotten called to a hospital bed on an emergency when we had been out like after ballet practice or something. Mm -hmm. And, and I remember sitting in the hallway of a convalescent center as my dad was sitting with someone dying. And like, that was just part of my life. You go and you sit with the dying. And even if they were strangers to me, they weren't strangers to everyone. And it was my job to sit with them. Yeah. Like it it wasn't like a sign to me, but I always just knew you sit with them. So for me, I just grew up where death was never hidden away. It wasn't like we were out there, you know, causing it, but it wasn't tucked away. So I think I have a much more um, accepting, I don't know if accepting is right. Anyway. Explosion. Yeah. So now the big questions. Now here's where we get to the hard stuff as, you know, such as it is. What do you think comes next? I think
1: when you pass that you might go through some kind of review because if we're here for a reason or a sole contract or whatever to accomplish something and we have to review whether that's accomplished or if it's going to be carried into the next life. I think we do have choices whether we're going to come back to Earth, if we're going to incarnate again. I'm pretty sure I've been doing this for many, many years. Um Maybe even what planet we go to, who knows? Earth is, Earth is a different planet. Or maybe you're going to take 50 years off and be a spirit guide for someone else. If you're a light being, and so the thing you have all kinds of choices like i was told two of my seven spirit guides who have been with me in past lives mm-hmm. two are celestial slash aliens but who knows maybe i'm an alien probably did live on other planets am not sure um yeah so if you think and this is what annoys the hell out of me when people are so prejudiced or judgmental or whatever if we are a light being which we are living this experience in a three-dimensional body what difference what freaking difference does it make what color we are what sex we are what sexual identity we have whatever we're all light beings inside some of us
0: not quite sure why they were put on earth, but but that's not my choice to make
1: that was there
0: yeah no i mean and i mean we know how i feel about inclusivity
1: so <laughs> I like, I like why do people make such difference over your religion or
0: your color of your skin or your I mean I have I have a working theory that I'm kind of trying to flesh out. But if we are simply energy because that's been the word I've been the the, the word right. I've been working with like late, lately is, yeah, and is energy. People. Energy, yep. Everything's energy if if we are simply energy but we are forced into material body which which we are mm-hmm. right if everything is energy but we are forced into this vessel that doesn't quite contain our energy the way it should yeah maybe and we can knock that down to just basic biology human bodies are terribly constructed full stop if you want to come here please we are so, in- we're forced into these terribly constructed material bodies that don't fit the energy that we are properly, that, that bickering and that arguing and that, 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 that weird, you, you aren't the color I need you to be, or you're not the religion I need you to be, or you're It It comes from this need to control the space around us, but we can't control energy if we're separating ourselves from energy. Yeah. Right. So we're in this suit that doesn't fit us. Right. And we're trying to control the energy of other suits that don't fit them because we have forgotten that we are all energy, period. We have forgotten that we are all the same thing.
1: Yep. All connected.
0: And I come from, okay, my father is a Presbyterian minister, but he preaches this very sort of Buddhist theory of there are many ways up the mountain and it doesn't matter what's at the top of the mountain, we're all headed to the top of the mountain and there are many ways up to the top of the mountain. And so I come from this very um, sort of Eastern mindset of uh, the easiest way to describe it, if you don't have that background is the Taoist concept of the Tao and the, the Tao, is the way, the path, the everything. And the duh is the, the way, the path, the everything that you carry within you. Or the Hindu, ver- the Hindu thought of Brahman, Atman. Brahman is the breath, which permeates literally everything. And Atman is the you that is permeated by that breath. And so when I am a physical manifestation of the everything, you know, for, for, we've been doing this podcast for two years and I am very careful when I talk about things, anything, I refuse to use the word, you know, God as the end all be all kind of a thing. I, I just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have used, and and longtime listeners will have heard me use, I use the greater than mm-hmm. or I use the I universe. I use yeah, the, the source is great. <laughs> source is great I am a meat suit manifestation of the literal everything I am and could be (laughs) I am and I could be sitting in a black hole right now you know what I mean like when I recognize that I am literally connected to everything by the simple fact that we all started from a pinpoint that exploded out yeah you know what like like so for me, what comes next is, I don't know. I don't know. I have, I don't know, but it could be a, it could be anything and it could be nothing. And both things can happen at the same time. And I would be fine with that because I would be a part of the anything and the nothing.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been around enough ghosts to know that um, okay. there's life after death and
0: there's something
1: you've nothing enough m- kind of memories of past life so
0: mm-hmm.
1: past life trauma
0: past life trauma cutting you off uh, yeah, like no <laughs> we can have a full-on conversation next time about soul contracts because
1: tried to get kj to tell me what mine was and he goes
0: no he can't tell you what they are you have to find them on your own you really do and i and 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 i can you know i can break that down afterwards and we can because i i think that that would be a great next podcast but um, it'd be good yeah good one to move on to next i i do want to say you know when i was like i said i was raised christian but i was raised very progressive christian and i i feel like that is very important yes how i view christianity um i was raised very progressive christian um but my dad i think i think i was 14 i don't know i wasn't very old but we had moved so I was like maybe 14 or 15 and my dad one day uh we were prepping I used to teach Sunday school and I used to teach the littles like like the three and four year olds yeah and mostly it was just keep them out of everybody else's hair but kids ask the best questions and I remember going to my dad once because one of my kids had asked what is heaven like and I was like I don't I didn't know how to answer them without like I didn't know how to answer them and the kid, go, uh, my dad just goes, well, what would heaven be like to you? And I remember at 15 going, oh my God, dad, heaven for me is every book in the whole entire ever been written and I can read everyone and I have the time. Well, my dad said, what if heaven was, you just know, you just know, you just, you go to heaven and you have all of that information downloaded into your brain and you can put And I said, but dad, that's not the act of learning it. And for me, it's the act of learning it. And my dad said, so maybe that's what heaven is for you, is the act of always learning. And why can't you make that be your life today? That's true. If you think about who I am as a person, that has been something that stuck with me. Yeah, so
1: who knows? I know there Mm -hmm. is life after this. I know we're just experiencing this planet because we decided we were going to, whether we've been here 100 reincarnations or two or three
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm not scared of death i mean i guess everybody it you come right down to it you're like oh i don't want to check out but i think i'm gonna take it a little a little a better approach
0: like okay what's next yeah i i'm very much of the i don't want to die i have stuff going on here yeah uh obviously but am i scared to no No, but then again, then again, it's also important to note that when I was seven, I was told I wouldn't live till eight. And when you're seven and have to face the fact that you're not going to, you kind of get a different approach to a lot of things.
1: Yeah, that's terrible.
0: So I think maybe next time we will have a conversation around soul contracts because I have some interesting things happening in that arena and how they apply kind of, again, we're trying to talk universally. We're trying to talk big picture. Yeah. So how, how the way we view all of the things impact all of the things. That was a weird sentence. Uh, but like I, I lost my train of thought. Holy crap. This is what happens when we have conversations is I go, oh, and then I can't get it back. It's fine. It's irrelevant. Um, so anyway, yeah, death. What is it? How have you experienced it? What do you think happens next? And I think most importantly, moving forward as pagans is, are you afraid of it? And if you are afraid of it, What can you do to calm those fears? And I think that's I've
1: dealt with death in my life the last 10, 15 years better because I know there's something else. Mm -hmm. You know, there's life after this. And if they're part of my soul group, I'll see them again. And that's why you come into life, you meet someone and you're just like, you know, instant friends or yeah, we've been together before.
0: So that was our episode on death please remember you can always email us at lunar at lunarmagic teatime.com that's the website lunarmagictea time.com. ask us anything we'll do our best to answer follow us on instagram and TikTok. like share follow all of that good stuff just remember to look up the lunar magic teatime podcast and follow us on facebook i took a break because i'm moving but i'll be back next week
1: as always have a magical day and like Kristen says, send us a message how what you think about death.